We're in a new week, but we're still bringing you what you crave, and that is nonstop Alabama Crimson Tide football talk on the hottest show in the streets, the best form, number one form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information you will find anywhere or you won't find anywhere else. This being in my own words with yours truly, your man, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate each and every last one of you for tuning in on today. We're coming to you, as always, from Tuscaloosa, streaming to you, streaming this to you via YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, go ahead right now, if you haven't done so, go ahead right now and hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications that you can have the best and updates, news, notes, and analysis on your Crimson Tide is because of you guys. We're over 9,000 subscribers strong now. 9,010 subscribers on YouTube. We appreciate each and every last one of you for tuning in, for hitting the subscribe button, for turning on the notifications, for giving the thumbs up. We encourage you to continue to help us grow the network and the channel as we continue to give you the best in coverage on the Crimson Tide. We got a great show mapped out for you on tonight, and we start things off by saying hello to the other guy in the room, the maestro, the man with the plan, the man, the myth, the bona fide legend. He's John Ivory. John, what's going on? It's Monday. What's happening, man? Hey, shout out to the subscribers. We got nine. We're over nine thousand. We're over nine thousand. Appreciate y'all. Y'all shared the show, and we have a great show today. I'm excited, man. Absolutely, and we want you to be a part of the conversation. And you can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That number once again, 205-448-1358. And one more time for the little old lady in the back, 205-448-1358. But number two, voice your opinion, give your thoughts. What are you feeling? When it comes down to Crimson Tide football, it's going to be awesome a little bit later on as we'll get a chance to meet up with former Alabama defensive back Chris Rogers. But got a couple of updates to get to. And first and foremost, how about the University of Alabama student body of the Student Government Association and even one former Crimson Tide safety, Rashad Johnson. The University of Alabama really serious about ridding itself of things that promote you know racial injustice racial history they're really about ridding itself of those things here on the campus so according to johnson he posted a tweet earlier today just talking about the time is now for the university of alabama it's a new day it's a new time we got to be the star of this change directing this change and having this change happen so the student body here you know at ua they're holding president stuart bale accountable for three things Number one, it's the removal of the Confederate boulder that's in front of Gorgas Library. Number two, the removal of Confederate plaques from Gorgas Library. And number three, the renaming of Knott Hall, Morgan Hall, and B.B. Comer Hall, all buildings that have racial history, renaming those buildings. As of right now, according to the amount of signatures that the students have gotten in these um, petitions here. When you look at the uh, removal of the boulder from Gorgas Library and also the uh, Confederate plaques here, Alabama in need of 5,000 signatures for this petition. It's right now at 2,612, so that's growing right now. In terms of the renaming of the buildings, Crimson Tide, well, University of Alabama needing 25,000 signatures. It's right now at 16,614. So right now the student body getting the job done of of spreading the of spreading the information having the communication having the dialogue conversation making people more aware of we're trying to invoke change in our institution on our campus or so reading some things that promote racial history and just racial injustice on the campus. So big ups there to the student body here at the University of Alabama. In other news here, Henry Ruggs is officially a father. He has joined the daddy team. He is a girl dad and is very proud of it. Ruggs posted a photo to his Instagram on Sunday 
unveiling or introducing his daughter, Kinsley Renee Ruggs, to the world. Kinsley was born last month on May 7th, according to Ruggs. She actually made her entrance into the world five weeks before the expected due date, but Kinsley is here. Uh, Ruggs and his longtime girlfriend, very excited very happy just full of joy you know right now and for a young man and henry of whom he already had a lot of big motivation going into the NFL, much added motivation now with him being a father. Ruggs was drafted number 12 overall by the Las Vegas Raiders in this recent uh, venue here. So big ups there to Henry. Big ups, congratulations there to the family as Henry Ruggs, a girl dad, proud father of Kinsley Renee Ruggs. But Diving into now the first topic of conversation here on the show, and I'm going to throw out this question here, people. Can we see, can we officially see a potential rebirth of the Nick Saban run of championships here at the University of Alabama? I honestly believe we are about to see the rebirth, and it started today. Today was the first day of involuntary, well, voluntary in-person workouts here on campus for the players, and uh, I got a chance to speak with, you know, quite a few guys that are close to this team, close to coaches, close to players, close to trainers, close to this entire institution and program, and just coming from those guys. We, you, of course, as the Alabama football fan base, myself in the media, we all had an idea that coaches Dave Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray were the real deal. We, we already had an idea that this was a big home run grand slam hire from Nick Saban. We, we already kind of knew that something was special. Something special was about to happen when Coach Saban back on March 3rd decided, you know what, a change is needed. I appreciate it, Coach, uh, Coach Scott Cochran. I'm pretty sure Coach Cochran appreciated me, but the marriage has run its course. We got to have some type of change. We got to get some type of swagger, some type of energy back into the building when you talk the strength staff, the conditioning staff, and how we go about getting the bodies of our players where they need to be at. So... We already kind of had an idea that something big was coming with Blue and Ray, but today confirmed that these two guys are the real deal. These two guys are Dexter's Laboratory personified. These two guys are Nickelodeon's Pinky and the Brain personified. Like, like these two guys know what they are doing. And from talking to a bunch of guys that wants to get around this program. What I was told was, before before I even get to, to, to the guys I've spoken with, two players, well, three players, actually tweeted out this in uh, confirming what we've already known here. First and foremost, Brian Robinson, who is entering his senior year at running back, a four-star or former four-star Tuscaloosa native, played his high school ball at, Hill, at uh, Hillcrest High School. He tweeted out today, that he tweeted out that today reminded him of why he chose to come to Alabama. He said, Bama is back. Coming after Robinson was one Byron Young, a rising sophomore on the defensive line. He quote tweets Robinson's statement and says, yeah, bro, facts. Like, Blue and Ray, they're different, they're real, they're legit. And then behind both of those two, here comes Braylon Ingram, Another young defensive lineman for the Crimson Tide, he, post, he posts a GIF, and the GIF read hashtag facts. So players already full, bought in, and love valuing what these two guys have brought into the table. So as we dive into now, what people have told me, the first thing people have told me was players have been using the word eye-opening to describe Baloo and Ray. They're eye-opening. They're different. They're legit. It's energy. It's swagger. It's something new like I never thought strength and conditioning. I never thought flexibility. I never thought weight training. I never thought speed training was like this. Like, these two guys are something on a whole different playing field. So players use the words eye-opening a lot of times 
when discussing these two. Another word is next level. No, Baloo is next well ne next level, man. Dr. Ray is next level, man. Like these these two are having me sweating hard. These two are having me hit my target goals. These two are having me hit my target weights. These two are having me hit my target. Like it, it's different. It's next level. And once again, both of these two turned down NFL jobs for the sole purpose of they wanted the best situation. And for them, Alabama to them was the best situation. They came in saying things like, let's make Alabama elite. Let's make Alabama marquee. Let's get Bama back to being legendary and what it's known what it's known for being. And when you got two outsiders coming in talking this type of talk, it's a big deal. So players have used the words eye-opening. They've used the words next level. Another term that was used was the Bama factor is back. These two have come in here and they have reestablished the Alabama factor. More stuff at these that I was told was we should have had these guys two and three years ago. Uh, another statement that was made was, after day one, after today's workout, the players feel like we know what the mantra is for the season. We're getting back to the college football playoff. We're getting back to the big dance, and we are winning a national championship. Just day one of these voluntary workouts have shown so much to you know these players in terms of the preparation in terms of the mindset in terms of the you know we know what we got to do so let's get out here and do it we know what we need to do let's get out here and do it one guy literally called it this one guy literally called it this was the best thing i have ever been a part of folks this is day one and these are play and these are how these players are talking about it the guy was like, this is the best thing I have ever been a part of. And that's with David Balloon and, and Dr. Ray. And quite simply here, so in the voluntary workout, so right now they're doing a lot of the small things right now. So what this entails is the players are getting the hands-on treatment, right, with both coaches. So in the... The beginning of the spring, despite the fact that we didn't have spring practice due to, of course, the coronavirus, Ray and Baloo were basically sending, you know, the players workout videos, workout videos, band exercises for the phone, for the iPad, on the Apple Watch. So in their own spare time, these players could go to their different workout facilities. They could try these things out at home, uh, wherever they chose to go to they can pull up their eye they can pull up their iphone go through the band workout they can pull up their ipad go through the band workout the apple watch as well and though that and though that's awesome being able to do these things on their own time today was the first day to where there they saw dr ray you no know, face to face right they saw dave Ballou face to face and they had the hands-on training of this is what we're going to put you through this is what we're going to require from each and every last one of you. This is what we want you to require from yourself as we try to get you to understand this is where Alabama needs to be at. And going back to what I mentioned earlier, it's not the fact that Coach Saban did not appreciate Scott Cochran because he did. And I'm pretty sure Scott Cochran valued Coach Saban, but the last two years, the word that starts with the big letter C that Coach Saban cannot stand, it started to rear its ugly head within the program. Uh, that word is complacency. Saban cannot stand that word. And when he saw little hints of that word rear its head up, he knew, okay, now it's time for a change. Now it's time to do something different. So the marriage of Scott Cochran, the marriage of Nick Saban to Scott Cochran, though it did produce five national championships, the marriage, quite frankly, ran its course. And, you know, change is a good thing. Change is a needed thing. Change is sometimes an important thing. And having these two guys in here, I mean, it is it is something special. It is something nice. It is something else. The players are being worked to the core day one. But today, you know, was the day that, 
No, this program got a full burst of energy, got a full burst of swagger, got a full burst of this is what we intend to do. This is what we need to have happen. Like, this is Bama. Players left that workout going, this is Bama football. This is what we needed. This is what we should have been expecting or should have been having, you know, in recent years. Like, I, I feel like... This program is back, so huge news there. You know, day one of the voluntary workouts with coach coaches Dave Ballou, you know, and Matt Ray. They were home run hires when Coach Saban made the move on March 3rd. The players in love with them, the support staff in love with them, boosters in love with them. They have come in here and they have infused that swagger, waking up college football to say, Keep your eyes on Bama. We coming after everybody in the upcoming season. Well, folks, that, take us to, that takes us to our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. Just getting you started here on a Monday. When we return, we unpack your questions, your phone calls, your thoughts, your concerns, your chats after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide all right folks we're back in starting your work week out right with the hottest show in the streets the best form of crimson tide football information in my own words people continue to light up that chat line right now you guys are doing a fantastic job and also 205-448-1358 as it's your time crimson tide nation 205-448-1358 for number to, to call in and let your voice be heard on the show and we start things off with my brother Waylon. Waylon, are you in, man? It's Monday. How you feeling? Monday is looking good at TDA. We got 80-something in the chat. Man, this place is popping on Monday. What's going on, Steven? Everything's going good, Waylon. I mean, th these players, day one, voluntary workouts with Baloo and Dr. Ray, like, we, we knew coming in that these two were the real deal. But today, just hearing it from the players, just hearing it from different people that – these guys are in here to infuse the Bama factor and make it real to these guys. It, it, it's just got me really excited right now. Yeah, I was reading a lot about that stuff today and looking at it on TDA and, and other different sites there. And uh, these guys are like they are really, uh, you know, got uh, really excited about these two gentlemen, like they're doing a great job right off the bat and uh, using this modern-day technology. Hey, we've got it, so we might as well use it, Steve. I mean, absolutely. And, and people, people, kind of, people kind of wondered why. If Alabama and college football itself has always or has sort of had this modern-day technology for a while now, what was the reason why Scott Cochran did not want to tap into it for the Crimson Tide? I mean, I understand in his mind it was – if it's not broke, don't fix it. And my way has gotten you know, the program to five national championships. But when you're trying to be on the cutting edge and remain on top of college football, sometimes you got to alter some things. You got to change some things. You got to keep some things fresh. And Coach Saban is always thinking three to four steps ahead of the curve here. Yeah, exactly. He's always thinking that. And I, I think, you know, complacency. Uh, Mr. Cochran, you know, was, has been there throughout all the championships and uh, little, maybe a little complacency and, and old school doesn't quite work as well as the, as the modern day stuff does. But it looks like Alabama's jumping uh, way ahead of the other teams here in this uh, 
in the uh, weight room and in the, uh, you know, and, and the medical uh, end of it also helping these players, you know, develop where they don't get as many injuries. So that's going to be a good thing. The less injuries we have, the more people we're going to have fresh and ready to go there when the season starts. But we're going to have a lot of people in the queue tonight, looks like. And uh, I'm working on one on Tyrone Pro, though. It's going to take a little bit there. But I got one that I had written about them. We talked about Michael Jordan in the last dance, but we'll talk about Coach Bryant's last game, if a lot of people remember. 315 and 323, those are two numbers that are very hard to forget. Very, very hard to forget. So we're going to go ahead and do our poem tonight and get out of here and hope everybody has a good Tuesday, and we'll see everybody get on with you. So, roses are red, the crimson tide makes teams blue. It was December the 29th, 1982. It was Alabama versus Illinois on this cold and windy day. It was on a black and white TV we watched Coach Bryant win his last game. All the news channels and papers wrote, if Bryant wins his last game, he would become the GOAT. It was a back-and-forth game. One would score, Illinois would score. The same when the last whistle blew and the time rolled down. The fighting line now went down. It was 21-15 in the Liberty Bowl that day. The Bama players would give Coach Bryant his last winning ride. If we would have only knew a month later, he would pass away. The winningest record, the modern day. All right, Stephen, I'll get out of here. Hope everybody does a good Tuesday. Now, be safe. Catch everybody on Wednesday. Bye-bye. All right, Wagner, we appreciate it. Always glad to have Wagner open up this uh, the show with his legendary poems here. But we go to another call in the queue. You are live on the show on a Monday. What's going on? How you doing, Steven? First time caller. Oh, congratulations, man. Welcome in. Hi, my name's Frank. I'm calling from Ozark, Alabama. Uh, oh, my question okay. for you is, are we going to see marked improvement from the DBs this year. I think we're going to see a bunch of improvement from the DBs. I know one particular defensive back in question is Ronald Williams Jr., the JUCO out of Hutchinson Community College. He's originally from Louisiana. Coach Saban is looking for him to take that second corner spot opposite Josh Job so that Alabama can have Patrick Sartan the second playing the nickel. But I think you're going to see a much improved defensive back field, defensive back room this season. I mentioned this before on a previous show that you know, these guys saw what happened last year, the last two years. When we don't pay attention, what happens? When we don't listen to Coach Saban and the rest of the staff, what happens? And what happens is you get beat, uh, you lose football games, and it's a complete domino effect here. So definitely I see an improved secondary. Okay, appreciate that. Thank you. I love your show, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate appreciate the call, man. We're sitting here rocking and rolling here on a Wednesday on In My Own Words. But as always, folks, we got another caller. We got one more caller here in the queue. You're on live on the show. What's on your mind? Hey, y'all. I was just calling to tell you keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate I'm it, girl. Keep listening. You're doing so good. Appreciate it. Girl. Hey, hey keep later. listening, Cleo. I will. Got another caller in the queue. You guys are lighting this up here on a Wednesday. You're live on on a Monday. My bad. I got ahead of myself. You're live on the show. What's going on? What's going on, Steven? How you doing, man? This is Sean calling from Huntsville. What's going on, man? Listen, I wanted to run somebody right quick and get to see what you think about this. Um, I know we got Dylan back coming off injury. Uh, got Josh coming back off of injury, two serious knee injuries. Um, also with Shane Lee and Chris Harris uh, at the middle. I'm hearing that they, they that they want to keep Chris in the middle because of his athleticism and put Josh on the outside. Uh, being a coach myself, I, I, I think that would give us our best opportunity. I mean, I'm not sure how far along Josh McMillan is. But I want to know in your expertise and what you're hearing down there as far as what they how are they going to work in Josh McMillan with Christian Harris and with Dylan Moses. 
I've heard Sean. I, I, I've heard the same things that, that you have been hearing. Uh, a couple of the guys have told me that Alabama wants to keep uh, Christian Harris at weak side with Dylan Moses because, like you mentioned, his athleticism, his quickness to shoot the gaps, create plays, make big hits, uh, create big time tackles. But Nick Saban is very loyal to Joshua McMillan. This is somebody who was entering his sixth year with the program. Could have went somebody somewhere else, but he chose to remain with the Crimson Tide, and Coach Saban greatly respects that. I've been hearing that McMillan will get worked in as outside an outside linebacker to push more out of Chris Allen, to push more out of Ben Davis, and a lot more of those other guys. But, but then also, you know, Saban wants to create pressure from every angle. That is, what, that is what's made these defenses that have won championships for the Tide so special is you got pressure up the middle, you got pressure off the left side, right side, even some pressure coming in the secondary. So uh, Josh McMillan, definitely have been hearing him uh, on the outside because you know, Saban's loyal to that young man because he's been loyal to this program. But on top of that, Saban's trying to create pressure from all angles. Putting Josh McMillan outside makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you one more thing, Steve, before I get out of here. Um, I had the opportunity to coach uh, Chadaris Townsend here uh, in Athens. And um, I want to know what you're hearing about Chadaris. I know I, I left a message on the uh, – voicemail to see what you what you think about that. I know they flip flopped in from receiver back to D B, back to D B, back to receiver. I wanna know what what did you think? Um are you hearing anything about your dares or where they trying to line him up at right now? Well, they got him at receiver right now, Sean. Right, right now that he's back at receiver, I know this young man has been fluctuated everywhere, and this is kind of my one gripe with how Nick Saban does things at times to where you have certain players who don't get that opportunity to just learn one position, grow and, and develop at one spot. And, you know, Towson's been kind of thrown everywhere. But right now he's back at wide receiver. He is in the slot. So he's behind uh, Jalen Waddle and Slade Bolden. What I want to see is put Towson on kick return. The guy's got tremendous speed, big-time playback and ability. He just needs to have a spot to where he can create his own niche. So if I was Saban, I would put him on kickoff return. I uh, I had the opportunity to coach him in youth league, man, and in my youth league team, we only lost three games in four years, and I had him. And I'm not sure if you know Jaquez Watkins, who played at Southern Mississippi, who just recently got drafted. He had the second pass of 40 behind Henry at the uh, combine. He played at Athens. Chaderis played at Tana, but they was both on my youth league team at the same time. And um, so I, I had a very, very good youth league team back then. But I just wanted to uh, check in with you, man, and get your expertise, and I appreciate you taking my call. No problem, Sean. Keep listening. Have a good one. All right, you too. Going to go to another break here on the show. But, folks, continue to light us up in the chat line, the call-in queue, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear from you. But upon our return, we sit down with a good friend of mine, former Alabama defensive back, Chris Rogers, right after this. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide we moving fast in the maserati here on a monday in my own words with yours truly stephen smith of touchdown alabama magazine got the man john ivory as always in the production studio holding it down and uh we go to the In My Own Words hotline. We pick up my man, former Alabama defensive back Chris C. Money Rogers, who played from 2005 to 09. He is also the founder of Together Assisting People out of Birmingham. Chris, my brother, what's going on? 
What's going on? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We got Chris Rogers here on the phone line. So I know I know for a fact, Chris, that you that you've been hearing kind of what's going on here at the University of Alabama with the program, the student body trying to rid itself or rid the campus of things that you know promote racial injustice or have a strong sort of negative racial history and uh, with all the events that have been going on with the police brutality and the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, my thought to you, you being a former athlete, you being a guy that's really entrenched in the Birmingham community and doing a lot for the Birmingham community, what do you think has to happen for a positive solution to be found in these trying times? Whew, you said a lot, <laughs> a lot. That's a lot to unpack. Um, I just, I mean, you just kind of took me back to my first, first month, first week on campus. Uh, I just recall back in 2005 being a freshman at University of Alabama from Florida. And I just remember uh, the frat, the boys in the frat houses riding their Confederate horses and they in their uniform. And, and I was almost like freaked out, right? And then the older guys were like, hey, man, it's cool. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's, it's tradition. So, like, you kind of quickly learn that, like, you come from a different world. That just that just being in Alabama is like being at a Southern school, being at a PWI. So you kind of just learn to go with it. Like, so um, personally, you know, being there, played through it, you kind of just learn that just, that is what it is. But I definitely understand how people is upset and why why we feel the same way. But it's Alabama, so it's, 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 it's part of the history, slavery and the cotton and everything like that. So now, one of the things, Chris, that you and I kind of talked about, you know, prior to coming on here, is the work that that you guys do in TAP. You guys have been on the forefront of covering a lot of these issues and being huge in the community. And and the first thing I want to get into is you guys were able to feed 10,000 families, 20,000 or 200,000 pounds of food here, but 10,000 families were fed by TAP during this time of the coronavirus. How special was that to get all of your guys and then more guys to want to pitch in and to want to help make a difference in a very emotional time? Well, it's two things for us. Um, one, you know, we, we, we believe in changing our own narrative and writing our own narrative. So to have young black males on the forefront, giving back to their community. And, and most of the times when, it, when we come to like inner city, it's most of the time white people got to come and save us, right? Like, oh, they, like, and I be, and I always been a, a component of we can save ourselves if we pitch in and do what we're supposed to do. But more importantly, having the youth, young athletes, high school, college, and, and some professional athletes that was out there, it was a beautiful sight to see. I mean, you had um, people that was in great need, uh, families saying, hey, I got five families, I got five kids, seven grandkids, please let me get what I can, and we was able to provide. But then also we had older people, younger people saying, it's just a pleasure to be able to see young black males not robbing and killing each other, but serving their community. So it, it, was, it, was, it was just, it was special on so many levels. It was special on so many levels. We're live here on the phone lines. Folks, if you're just tuning into the show, I got former Alabama defensive back Chris Rogers on the line, played from 2005 to 09, but he is also the founder of Together Assisting People Tap Inc. out of Birmingham. And Chris, one special moment you said that you had was it started raining in Birmingham, like flooding, pouring down lightning. People could have went home. Athletes could have went home. But everybody stayed, and they treated it like a football game. And you said it, it was a surreal moment. Like, talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was so many, like, I mean, let's let's be honest. When we talked about volunteering, and, and sometimes the stereotypes are, are true in certain degrees, but to be able to change that when it was raining, when it got tough, and it started lightning, for everybody to look at each other and say, man, these people need this and we want to make sure we get all this food out. I mean, and it was special. I mean, former, former some of my former teammates, guys in the NFL, I mean, people who just working there right now, and we all banded together. They even had their fiancés out there, their wives, and they was, and, and for them to stay out there in the time was, I mean, it was just, it was, it was priceless. And, um, 
and, and, and sometimes, you know, we all look at ourselves and think we're going through a lot because right now some of us may have lost our jobs, don't know how we're going to provide. But to be able to serve the community the way we did, I mean, people like, man, I would have stayed out until 10 o'clock at night because I know we were doing something good and positive for the community. And, 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 and like I said, that, that don't happen every day. That don't happen every day. When you look at this football team this upcoming season here, Chris, you played for a national championship team in 2009. You were a leader you know, on that team, and you played in the secondary. Alabama tends to always have one defensive back that not many people think would do big numbers. The guy may come out of nowhere and surprise people. Do you see on this year's team maybe an unsung defensive back, somebody that not too many people know about will come up and really surprise somebody, surprise some folks? Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, it's, I mean, I, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm like, who's transferring out? I mean, everybody's – every week is somebody in the transfer portal. But, I I mean, I, I, would, I would like to say Patrick Satane Jr., I mean – He's. I kind of see. I kind of see him having a bigger year than what he had last. He had a okay year, but I really think this will be the year to kind of put everything together to kind of really be the guy um, that we all wish he could be. So um, I'm really, I'm really banking on him a lot. Like it may be somebody else, diamond and rough. But I really think he's a diamond and rough. The team's gonna go off him. Like if he's locked down like he's supposed to be locked down, I think we go. You know, twelve and zero. <laughs> if he ain't locked down, I think we go ten, 10 and two. So um, that's just how valuable he is uh, to the to the secondary and to the defense. Riz Rogers has got his chip stacked towards Patrick Sertan the second. We got him right here on the In My Own Words hotline on a Monday. Chris, as always, we appreciate you coming on, giving your thoughts, giving your expertise on Todd football. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to, to check out TAP. Check out Together Assisting People. Check out TAP on social media as you know this group and, and Rogers doing a fantastic job. As always, Chris, man, be good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always fun being able to talk Crimson Tide football with one Chris Rogers, former Alabama defensive back. We take another break here on the show, but upon our return, we unpack more of your phone calls, your texts, your tweets, your thoughts, your questions. We're talking Bama football, and we want to hear it from you, the Tide Nation, right after this. menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are back into the action, folks, in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got the man John Ivory, as, John Ivory is always rocking and rolling in the production room as he does his thing. And Todd Nation, it's your time, 205-448-1358 for number to call in. And let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you on your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions, your viewpoint on your favorite program. But as you're getting your thoughts together here, going back to things that I've been able to get from people around the program and uh, Got a chance to speak to two guys, two to three guys over the weekend. Both, all of these guys heavily connected to, you know, players in the 2020 class, the incoming freshmen, and their families. And, you know, one of the guys, you know, called me or got in touch with me on Saturday and said, uh, you know, Stephen, 
you know, got a chance to speak with, you know, Jace McClellan's mom, the mother of Jace McClellan. And uh, what she was told, what the family was told, Nick Saban, Coach Saban, is not planning on redshirting McClellan. He plans on playing McClellan as a freshman, and he plans on having him in that Josh Jacob-esque role, that role of catching passes out the backfield, that role of running physical hard in between the tackles, that role of bouncing plays outside. This comes from a very credible guy. Guy has hit on everything he has told me. Got a chance to beat, got a chance to talk with you know, McClellan's mom. The family has stated how Coach Saban has told them. Uh, the, the program does not intend on redshirting the four-star running back out of Texas, Jace McClellan, in this upcoming season. This is a guy that's a home run hitter out of high school speed, acceleration, versatility, powers. Got the total, total package here of this young man does. And just going back to Josh Jacobs here for a minute, you know, Josh was somebody that he had – you knew the one thing that he would consistently give Alabama. The way Josh Jacobs finished runs was fantastic. If you would look, if you were at a practice or at a game and you saw a linebacker getting ran over, or you saw a defensive back getting thrown out of bounds, or you saw somebody's helmet just spear a DB, you knew, okay, Josh Jacobs had the ball on that particular carry. He finished runs with physicality. He ran strong in between the tackles. He had exceptional speed, bouncing plays outside. But his biggest thing, catching passes out the backfield. And you get a guy, 5'10", 220, with that speed, that toughness, that determination, running like he's got something to prove, going full speed, coming right at you. You get the heck out of the way. You get out of the way, and you do not interfere with that man, and of course, Josh Jacobs was also very uh, dependable on special teams as well. So, Jace McClellan, a guy that right now, once again, not he's not well. People, are, the program, not intending to redshirt him in the upcoming season. So, for for a lot of fans, the thought becomes okay. So, if this is the case, then Stephen, what happens to a guy like Trey Sanders? Right? What happens to a guy? Like Brian Robinson. What happens to a guy like Keelan Robinson? Also, keep in mind, Stephen Alabama also signed Roy Dale Williams and Kyle Edwards, who are both highly talented. Absolutely. Alabama did sign, you know, Edwards and, and uh, Roy Dale Williams. It's also got a lot of other talented backs on the roster. But what this does here is Trey Sanders is still going to play. This does not limit the possibility of Trey Sanders. I personally see, you know, Najee Harris and Trey Sanders being 1A, 1B in terms of the two 1,000-yard rushing backs. Brian Robinson, I look at him as more so if you're fullback, H-back. A guy that can block, a guy that can block for, you know, the ball carrier, the running back, or, you know, he can catch passes out the backfield as an H-back, or in goal line situations, just seeing how he is, six foot one and 226 pounds, he can run the ball from the goal line, plowing that thing into the end zone. So there's Brian Robinson. King and Robinson is your speed guy, your Kenyon Drake type guy. And Alabama would already have, some some things worked out for him to what to where he can be you know special within this offense and along with the two freshmen Kyle Edwards and Roydell Williams they're going to get their opportunities as well. Alabama is going to find a way to have all seven guys touch the football in some sort of capacity. Alabama is going to find a way to keep all seven guys on this roster in the backfield. Nick Saban wants to keep all seven guys on this roster within the backfield. It's just that. You know, uh, Jace McClellan presents the idea. Jace McClellan presents the idea of being that Josh Jacobs type of back in that Josh Jacobs type of role to where he's doing multiple things. He's doing more than one thing. It's good when you have that one thing people can always count on, fans can always count on, coaches and teammates can always count on. But when you have 
Diver- when you have diversity, when you have versatility, where not only can you be powerful, but you can also have speed, and you also have hands out the backfield, and you also can do things on special teams, and you can probably block as well, this just makes your marketability towards Bama football that much greater, and it makes your marketability towards a future pro career in the NFL that much greater. So that's what's going on here in terms of Jace McClellan. Also, keep in mind uh, something else here, and this goes to Alabama potentially on the offensive line. Now, the Crimson Tide has had a lot of success with recruiting recruiting players out of IMG Academy. They've had a lot of success recruiting guys from Florida in general, but IMG Academy, especially when you talk Trey Sanders, Evan Neal, and Dylan Moses. So, of course, so J.C. Latham, J.C. Latham, who is a five-star offensive tackle out of IMG, he's six foot six, three hundred five pounds, big dude, part of the twenty twenty-one class. A week or so ago, people thought he was a strong Ohio State leaner. I know getting the chance to talk to Justin, you know, Justin Smith, our lead scouting and recruiting analyst, he's going to have even more to say about this. But people thought he was a strong. Ohio State lead for for Latham, but here recently he has sort of backed off that just due to uh, Evan Neal tweeted at him, and he tweeted a picture of the Alabama elephant, and it's really got Latham thinking right now because you know Neal and Latham have a very strong relationship, a, a pretty a pretty strong bond here, and uh, to uh, get a five star in Latham with the possibility of getting a five-star in Tommy Brockemeyer, the offensive tackle out of Texas. This would be a blockbuster ordeal here for the Crimson Tide. I mean, you know how in the NBA and in the NFL and in the, you know, baseball where people talk about, oh, this was a blockbuster trade or this was a blockbuster move or this was a blockbuster pickup. If Alabama's able to finesse here getting J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockemeyer, this is a blockbuster situation when you talk about recruiting for the 2021 class. But we're going to have more so of this from our own uh, Justin Smith as he continues to gather more information about the situation. It's just, you know, Evan Neal puts out this tweet, tweets it, Latham, communicates with him, puts up the little Alabama elephant and showing him, bro, if you want to come to a program, that's the big deal, especially for offensive linemen. You got to come to the Crimson Tide, and both guys have a huge bond relationship with each other. But we take another break here. On the show, don't touch that dial. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications to get the best in news, notes, and info on the Crimson Tide. But upon our return, we get into Christian Barmore. And was he snubbed? Was he sort of undervalued on the Athlon Sports preseason All-SEC team? We'll touch it up after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown. Alabama.com today and roll tide. 
All right, Bama Nation, we are back in. And before we continue on In My Own Words, go ahead right now, drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show right now. Drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show. And if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button right now. Turn on your notifications so that you can have the uh, news, notes, updates, analysis on your Crimson Tide. But as we are back in here on the conversation, we discuss one Christian Barmore and was he undervalued? you'd buy Athlon Sports. Now, and I talked about this last week. It's at this time of year where you start to see these preseason lists, preseason awards, preseason uh, conference teams. They're all, they all come out around this time of year. And while Coach Saban and the players and the coaching staff here at Alabama, they pay the preseason stuff no mind because it's all about how do you fare within the season? How do you fare at the end of the season? Do you reach the ultimate goal, which is winning a national championship? For, but for myself here in the media and for you, the fans, these preseason, these preseason things, they kind of give us some stuff to talk about, discuss, argue, debate, create a dialogue, a conversation, what have you. And for Athlon, for Athlon Sports, people sort of lump them in there with Lindsay Sports and Field Steel and ESPN, Pro Football Focus. They kind of lump them in with those guys just due to Athlon, a national publication. So people feel like if – if, if they're putting some out there, if it's putting some out there, then it's legit. They've done their research. They've done their homework. They're on the up and up. They know, you know what they're talking about. So on Friday, John, I remember, you know, coming home from the show, and I and they dropped it as I got home, but I didn't get a chance to see it Friday. Saturday and Sunday were the two days I actually kind of sort of zeroed in on it. So Georgia and, Georgia and Alabama, Alabama and Georgia – had the uh, had the SEC most players named to the Athlon preseason All SEC team. They had 13 players each. Alabama and Georgia did. Of course, Florida had 11 players. There were a couple of programs that had 10 players, and of course, the trio of LSU, Tennessee, and Kentucky had nine student athletes apiece, but Alabama and Georgia leading the conference with 13 players each named to the list. And while Georgia fans would be like, well, we're on the same wavelength as Alabama. Both schools had 13 players named. Alabama had the more first-team guys. Now, Georgia had two first-teamers, Jamie Newman, the quarterback, the transfer from Wake Forest, and Richard LeCount, the defensive back. Alabama had eight first-team guys. When you discuss offensively, there was Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson. Defensively, Alabama had Dylan Moses, LeBron Ray, and Patrick Sertan II. And on special teams, Alabama had Jalen Waddle at punt return. So, while no Alabama fan would argue about having 13 guys in the Athlon Sports preseason All-SEC team. And while no Alabama fan would truly really argue about having eight guys as first-team selections, my problems started with the third-team list. You get down to the third team, and Christian Barmore, Christian Barmore was right there on the third-team list. And as I saw this, I immediately start crunching numbers. Like, I immediately go into paranoia, overload, research kind of psycho mode here. So I'm seriously in, the, in my room here at the house, just literally putting together crunching numbers, crunching information. I, I look at the guys that were ahead of Barmore, the guys that were second team and first team, and I'm trying to see, okay, how much more production that they have as opposed to what you know, Christian Barmore had. And for, uh, and for quite a few of the guys I looked at, some of these players were either full-year starters in 2019 or they played in way more games. They got way more opportunities than Barmore, and Barmore still had more numbers. He had more production. He had more impactful plays. He had more big moments than a lot of these guys. So let's go over a slide here for a moment. Here's the slide on screen of the guys that Barmore competed against. So first and foremost, we're looking at 
you know, these first team guys. The first team guys, it was Ty, it was Tyler Shelvin, the defensive lineman for LSU. There was Bobby Brown, the third, the defensive lineman for Texas A&M. You had Big Cat Bryant, the defensive lineman of Auburn. And then, of course, Barmore's teammate at Alabama on the defensive line of Brian Ray. So Tyler Shelvin had, what, 39 tackles, JP? Was it 39? He had 39 tackles which was a bit more than Barmore, but once again, if Barmore were to play more, he could have had a lot more than that. So Shelvin had 39 tackles, but he had less tackles for loss than Barmore. Shelvin had two and a half. Barmore had six. Uh, Shelvin also had zero sacks. Barmore had two. When you look at a Big Cat Bryant for Auburn, Big Cat Bryant last year had 18 tackles. Barmore had 26. I think the, I think the only area where Big Cat Bryant had higher than Barmore was quarterback hurries with nine. Barmore had five, but still just not overwhelmingly better than the young man from Philly. And then Bobby Brown with third, what he had 21 tackles. Barmore had 26 more productivity, more negative plays, more marquee production on the field. And even down to LeBron Ray, no offense to LeBron Ray, he played to Alabama, but the young man, as we know, only played in three football games due to a foot injury. When you look at the second team guys that were ahead of Barmore, you had Kobe Whiteside of Missouri, who had 27 tackles. He had one more than Barmore. He did have six and a half tackles for loss. He did have six and a half sacks. So I will give Kobe Whiteside of Missouri his credit. I'm going to give him his credit. And then you had you know, Aaron Sterling out of South Carolina, I'll give him his credit. He had 40 tackles. He had 10 tackles for loss. He had, you know, six and a half sacks. So he had a big-time year. But Jordan Davis of Georgia, not a big-time, not, not an overly big-time year. I mean, 18 tackles, production, but not more than Barmore. Four and a half tackles for loss, production, but not more than Barmore. He had two and a half sacks, slightly better, not all the way better than Barmore. And then you had Malik Herring of Georgia on the list as well. So when you talk about Big Cat Bride, Bobby Williams, uh, Bobby Williams III, and then guys like, of course, Jordan Davis and also LeBron Ray, some of these guys did not have the same production as Christian Barmore had, but aside from Ray, a lot of these guys played in more games, and a lot of these guys were starters, 13, 14, you know, 15 game starters the full season. Barmore had 26 tackles, six of those for loss, two sacks, five quarterback hurries, you know, two pass breakups. He played in 12 games, but he only had one start against Western Carolina, and the moment this young man would get in the football games. Fans are like, okay, Nick Saban, you've been holding out on this. Why has he not been out here more? If he would have been out here more, we're talking about more big plays. We're talking about more action. We're talking about more hitting. We're talking about more energy. When he's on the field, when Christian Barmore's on the field, there is a tangible action there's a tangible energy there's a tangible passion there's a tangible just mindset that this young man has and uh, the players talk about it the coaches talk about it coach Saban has admitted to it hey I gotta play this young man more as an interior pass rusher I gotta do my job as a coach and play this young man more as an interior pass rusher so Athlon Sports uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with this one. I don't agree with this one. Am I saying that Barmore should be first team? No, but he most certainly should not be third team. I give him second team. But should he be third team? Absolutely not. For, 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 for what this man did in limited action, just a rotationary guy, he had more production than guys that were out there for 13, 14, 15 games. Your Big Cat Bryants of Auburn, your Bobby Williams of Texas A&M, your Jordan, uh, your Jordan Lewis's or, you know, guy that came out of Georgia, had more production than all of those guys on the field. And even down to guys like, even down to guys like Tyler Shelvin who had more tackles, but not all of the, you know, big massive plays Shelvin had. Barmore had more of those big, you know, massive plays. Even down to a guy like 
Now, Malik Herring of Georgia. Malik Herring had some plays, but when Christian Barmore took the field, he made the most of every single opportunity. He hit the field, boom, sack. He hit the field, boom, tackle for loss. He hit the field, boom, forced fumble. He hit the field, boom, action. Non-stop. And people were in the stands going, oh, my word, where did he come from? Where did he come from? Why was he not on the field sooner? Coach Saban, please explain this to me. So, Barmore is going to look to take it all this season. He's going to look to be All-American, first-team All-SEC, first-team All-American. Would not be surprised if he brings home a lot more other awards as well. But, ladies and gentlemen, you want the best in news, notes, information on the Crimson Tide. It is very simple and easy to get this done. You do this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can get this app from your from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you have the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you covered here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast.fm, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I will return on Wednesday, continuing the conversation that is Bama football. But as always, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue to find those ways legitimately now to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith. This has been In My Own Words.